this is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 667, finishing up BlizzCon. Coming to you from the exotic land known as Canada, eh? You're listening to another episode of All Things Azeroth. Now we present your awesome hosts, the always stalwart and honorable Maedros, the commander of the fell and master of demons, Death, the non-vegan meat shield, my warrior brother, Toasty, and the high priestess of the Everlight, Allie. She ain't from Canada, but it'll work. It's the internet. Just go with it. They are bringing you your news from the world of Warcraft. This is All Things Azeroth. And welcome back to All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I'm your host, Medros. And with me, I have Toasty. Hey, Toasty. Oh, hey. How's it going? It's, 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 it's been an expensive... Well, not yet. It's going to end up being an expensive day. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. How many jerseys are on, 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 the, on tap today? <laughs> I wish that that was a problem. I wish I wasn't throwing a large amount of money at a five-year-old car. But but here I am. This is the reality that I'm living. Uh, All right. You know what I took my car in for? I took it in for a check engine light, and my windshield washer jets weren't working. Okay. And, uh, and, and then... Come back? Uh, I, I, it's, in, it's in my driveway right now. Because I couldn't afford to pay to them to fix all the stuff that's wrong with it. But, like, there's an oil leak. Um, one of the ABS sensors is corroded, so that needs to get replaced. Um, my rear suspension, part, like, bits and pieces of it need to be replaced. They're recommending I, re- I, I replace my windshield, which I wasn't going to do anyway. Because it's been cracked for three years, and I think I can afford to keep that the way it is. And not spend five hundred dollars on a new windshield. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Didn't even get the windshield washer jets fixed. I mean, realistically, that would have cost me one hundred and twenty bucks. But I think that's the least of my worries right now. <laughs> oh yeah. All right then. Well, hopefully, you find something that's not too bad. Yeah. Right now, the options are. Find a cheap way of fixing it, or um, or trade it in, because it's five year old card. There's no reason that I should be throwing that amount of money on it. Yeah. When it's that, when it's you know it's five years old. I mean, if if I if if it was a more expensive car like a Mercedes or something like that, maybe. But it's a Dodge, so you know. <laughs> eh. Oh, sorry to hear about the Dodge, but yeah, that's when we took to Minneapolis, right? Yep, that served well for a while. Not long enough. I bought that thing new. And how long have you had it again? Uh, it's a 2015, so just under five years. Wow. Yeah, the the corroded ABS seems a little surprising. Yeah. Yeah, so, second opinion time, and if 
if that doesn't give me any better news, um, I might be in the market for a new car, which sucks because I just finished paying this one off. Ooh, that's rough, man. Yeah, I was in. I enjoyed the three months of not having a car payment. <sighs> oh well, it is what it is. Yeah, as you all guessed, uh, there, we also have Allie. How, how you doing, Allie? Oh hi, hi. I'm good. I survived another Monday, so I'll uh, I'll call that good. <laughs> Do what you can. Yeah, exactly. Not nothing too exciting outside of WoW stuff. Just you know, plugging right along. Ready for Thanksgiving next week for for you know us in the states. So that'll be awesome. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too exciting outside of WoW. All right. Well, how was your week in WoW? So good. <laughs> so well, kind of on three raid teams right now. <laughs> there's, there's like the first one is like mine for my guild, and then Rubber Chicken Coalition. Uh, you know, and then I have the one that actually that Toasty's on, and. It feels like a lot, but at the same time, like, all three teams have people on it that I care about and that I want to, you know, play with. So, that's a thing <laughs> But, uh, in one of them, in, well, in, in Toasty's, unfortunately he missed it, we killed, uh, Queen's Court on Heroic, which I'm really excited about. And I now have my item level up to 433 which I'm really excited about. And I got my neck to 68. So I'm getting there. I want to get to 70 before 8.3 drops. So that's pretty doable at this point. And of course, of course I did Wrath Time Walking. Because that's just, you know, how I roll. And yeah, it was just a lot of little things, you know, between invasions and I did islands and just all that jazz and just it was a, it was a good week. I got to 198 mounts, so I'm only two away now to get my 200. Nice. My goal is 350, so I have a ways to go still, but I'm getting there, so that's cool. So yeah, it was a, it was a pretty successful, you know, nice week and wow. I really enjoyed it. Every little bit of progress counts. Yeah. And how's your weekend out there, Toasty? Well, it was very similar week to Allie's because, you know, same raid team. Um, another highlight is that we downed Heroka Jara in one night, which hasn't happened before. So, you know, I was very happy about that because screw Ajara. That, 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 that fight is the uh, gore fiend of this expansion for me. Where... I just don't want to do it anymore. And Orgazoa, or I think it's Gargonzola, as uh, Ellie and Mr. Ellie were calling it. <laughs> Gargonzola, yeah. yeah. Um, also went down relatively quickly. And then yeah. uh, Queen's Court, like, I, 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 I was feeling so sick that night. Yeah, you sounded pretty done. And, and I was definitely making a bunch of mistakes during raid that I felt like I was holding us back. Like I definitely zoned out a bunch of times and like, oh, I'm just standing here. The boss is nowhere near me. Maybe I should stop. No, actually, I'm feeling okay now. Maybe I'll keep going. And then what happened over and over again? 
So I am not I'm not entirely surprised that when I left <laughs> was when they managed to <laughs> was when everybody was when you guys managed to knock down that fight. Because there I were carried, definitely I carried you with me in my heart, Toasty. Thank you. you were there that. with me. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know what the plan is for next week, but uh, uh, actually, I'm not going to be there Thursday either. Darn. Oh well, real life, right? Yes. Um, outside of that, I spent some time leveling a smattering of alts. I, I definitely went through my alt ADD over the weekend. Go. I'm gonna level my shaman for a bit, and like 20 minutes later, I'm bored, so I'm gonna level my priest for a bit. Oh, maybe another 40 minutes, and then I'm like, I'm gonna play my horde warlock because why not? I just read this thing on Wowhead that it's a that the new Ultrak, uh, the the Ultrak Valley uh, anniversary event is a good way of leveling alts around yeah. the 100 level mark. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do that. And I queued up, and 20 minutes later, I was still not in a group. I'm like, mm, is it really worth it? And then I decided it wasn't. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, like Saturday was just a lot of time being indecisive about which character I wanted to play before I just eventually decided, you know what, I'm just gonna watch TV and wait for something. Like, wait for inspiration or whatever to strike me and I feel and I actually stick to a character because otherwise I'm going to be doing the alt hop all weekend and that's in no way productive but yeah raiding and alt hopping that was my weekend well uh, Medros how was how was your week um Fairly unproductive. Uh, didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, thought about a dozen times to go out and start the um, farming for the um, the bee mount. Uh, never got around to it. Um, pretty much stayed in Boralis all my tunes. Um, I did uh, do the pre-orders my Belligerent Balance for the Epic Edition. Uh, still don't know what alt I'm going to do. Uh, but I did put a poll out there, and uh, we'll, we'll see what it comes back with as, there, as the final answers on that. But hey, as long as it's not your Void Elf Warlock, we're good, man. What do you have against Void Elf Warlocks? He has to level that proper, like I'm doing with my Dark Iron Paladin. Proper. <laughs> uh, yeah, just. <laughs> I, I I know that I can't use it on that, so I don't know what to use it on, basically. Uh, a lot of people are leaning towards Alliance, but that's not really helpful. Um, I don't have any allied race up to 120, so everything has to be leveled up for that, unless I roll a second character to level up. But why would I? Um, or a second character to boost. Um... Yeah, didn't do a lot, but uh, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this time next week I'll have more uh, more news from the world of Azeroth to report. So we'll see. I did use my boost. Okay. And I made a Lightforge Pally. And boo! Judge me, it's awesome. I actually, honestly, I really like the feel of Red Pallies. I really do. So. 
I was making it very specifically to put on a different server with one of these raid groups. And I found out that apparently you can't use the 120 boost on a server that you don't have a 120 on? I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing either, and I don't remember hearing it anywhere. But when I tried to put it on that server, it was not an option to use my boost. But when I went back to my server, it was there. So, yeah. But the good news is that if I want to move her over to that server, it's only 25, which isn't terrible. Plus, sometimes there's like sales on services like that around Black Friday time. So I might try to move her. We'll see. Yeah. I'm actually really con- I'm actually really con- curious now. There's a caveat on the on that service for uh, where you can use that boost or just a boost in general. Yeah, uh... I meant to go look it up and I have not had a chance to yet, but you know, that's okay. I'm pretty happy with her and, uh, you know, might, might move her over. And, yeah. Level 120 character boost. Are you looking it up now? Yeah. <laughs> this is great podcasting. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no prerequisites for it. Like, yeah. So, sorry, there, there, are, like, there are some requirements. Obviously, like, requires World of Warcraft. Yeah. Well, yeah, the obvious ones. Um, boosted characters are unable to enter dungeons and raids from previous expansions for 24 hours. I did not yeah. know that. I found that one out the hard way, too, because I created her at around oh, 1 a.m. my time. I guess it'd be 1 a.m. Sunday, my time. And Sunday night, I was like, I'm going to take her through time walking. And I couldn't because of that rule. So I didn't know about that rule. I learned so much. Yeah, I didn't. So I, I don't. I don't know why that would be a rule, honestly. But and when I went and looked to see if maybe if there's some kind of option where you can reverse it, like one time or something. You know, say you, you boosted a turn a tune you realized you didn't want to do, and I went and looked up the rule on that, and like it is very clearly stated. Once it is done, it is done. You can't go back on it. So that's not why, so I don't know. But that's okay. No big deal. Hey, there's nothing there about a server requirement. That's that's odd. Hmm. But yeah, like you said, no big deal. Yep. I'll live cross there. cross realm thankfully eliminates a lot of those problems. Well right, and I'm still gonna you know, my priest is still gonna be my main raider because you know, she's she's geared. So, you know, I just it was just a little something I wanted to do. And I was really excited. And then the wind got taken out of my sails. But that is okay. And what is also okay is if we want to talk about our first sponsor. Our newest sponsor is Funko. If you haven't heard of them by name, you've definitely seen their products. They make collectible vinyl figures from a bunch of Blizzard universes, from Warcraft to Overwatch, Heroes of Diablo, and even more from outside the Blizzardverse, like Firefly, Star Trek, and Doctor Who. I like to highlight a Funko Pop each week, each week, and this week's Funko Pop is from a, a, a movie that I didn't know that I was actually going to like, um, or a movie franchise that I know that I'd be like, uh, but it's John Wick with Dog. And I love oh that it has God, a dog with it. Oh my heart. And it's alive. My heart. My yes, heart hurts. I, I'm very glad that it is alive. Why are you doing this to me? 
but it's a living dog. It's live. It is now. <laughs> well, that's a fatalistic way to look at it. It hurts. Oh, Maybe we'll be alive at the end of the movie. Zombie dog. Oh my gosh. I was actually really surprised about how much I liked that movie too. I was like, it looked, yeah, yeah. It, it it looked like a classic. It looked like a standard, you know, action movie shoot 'em up. But it was, I don't know. It was just very well done. Yeah. But yes, that that is my my Funko Pop this week. Apparently, it's a bad choice, uh, but okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, if you want to check out this Funko or any others. Go to bit.ly slash Funko ATH. Check out their online shop and use Shop 10 to save 10% on your entire purchase. That's bit.ly slash Funko ATH and use Shop 10 to save 10%. And I want to thank Funko for their support of the show. So what's coming up this week in WoW? All right, so this week in WoW, we've got something that you, I believe you can just do two for uh, two for one on this on this thing. So you got the Battleground Bonus event that's running from November 19th to the 26th. We've also got the PvP Brawl Classic Ashram from... November 19th to the 26th. So I don't know if you can double up on that and just get kind of get both of those sweet things. But hey, if you like PvP, this is your week. Yeah. Absolutely. I need to do that uh, anniversary event, so I might see if that, that, that works out there. I did it once this past week, and it was it was confusing. <laughs> confusing. Well, I'm, I'm used to the modern AV, where we just where there's almost no PvP and we just sort of rush to the other base. <laughs> right. I mean, thankfully there were some people attempting to direct everybody. But that worked out about as well as you expected to. Yeah. Yeah, that would. Yeah, well. Maybe next time? I don't think so. But, like, maybe... <laughs> But like maybe never know what the I future need, holds. I need, I need those badges. I want that mount. Yeah, I want the mount too for sure. For sure, bud. For sure, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough about this week. And well, let's go, let's let's go back about three weeks. Is it about three weeks now? I miss BlizzCon so much. It hurts. I miss it. I miss <laughs> it too. And I, I wasn't even there. Hurt. <laughs> So we're going to continue our BlizzCon coverage. We're going to talk about the remainder of the things that in our in our long list of things to talk about for BlizzCon. Uh, right now, uh, it's going to be the Q&A. So the Q&A this year was hosted by Talison Nevitel, and I think they did a fantastic job hosting it. Yeah. Despite some of the interruptions, well, one of the interruptions they got. It was handled well. Yeah, it was handled very well. Very much appreciate that. Um, and one thing I noticed watching the Q&A was there was a significantly smaller amount of guild shoutouts. And yeah, I am I, I incredibly a, grateful for that. I have a feeling they were told not to do it. That, that, that one guy did it. Explanation, yeah. That, that, that one guy did it and he got... I, 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 I don't... I can't... I'm having trouble remembering now if he was booed mercilessly. I but think there was in my, a couple of like louder boos from the back. Yeah. In my head, he was booed mercilessly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it was you know it was a it was a BlizzCon Q and A. So obviously there were uh, there were a few softballs in there. You know, not, nothing yeah. completely unexpected. But we did get some 
we did get some interesting tidbits about uh, different things. Uh, like, for example, uh, lore-wise, the Alliance both won both Warfronts. So take yeah, that forward. what's up? <laughs> I was actually really surprised that they just came out and said that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... Horde players were not happy. Yeah, well... I'm not happy with a horse mount all the time, yeah. and you don't. Oh well, no, I complain pretty, pretty consistently about that. So I guess they can complain about this, but it doesn't stop us. It doesn't stop the fact that we won. Yes, and you know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, and they, there's a bunch of like, what I don't understand is like these questions are curated and all that. Um, and, and there were some very obvious spoiler questions that were asked, and they and they were it was just kind of greeted with like a "let's wait and see." Yeah, like of course we're not going to sit there and answer some of that, those things. Uh, which, 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 like why, why would they allow that question? <laughs> they curate these questions. Maybe it's so when other people want to ask it. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Just, just putting a stop to it now. Like, no, we're not going to tell you now. Back off. Um, what, what did you find interesting from the Q and A, or just cool? There's two. Well, all, all of it. There's many I could point out, but two, two of the bigger ones I want to mention because I do lore. That's what I do. Is the jailer someone that we are all, that we already know that is connected to death? And they said that's a mysterious new figure. It's important. We don't really know him, but familiar figures are going to be aligned or opposed to him, and that he's going to be the centerpiece villain. And it's just, I'm really curious to know who the Jailer is, and I have a working theory right now where, if you look at the silhouette of the Jailer on, on top of his head, you can see that it looks kind of like he might be wearing a helm. And in my opinion... It looks a little bit like the Helm of Domination. So I'm actually wondering if the Helm of Domination and whatever helm the Jailer is wearing is somehow connected. Like maybe they were made at the same time in the Shadowlands and maybe there's some kind of something there with the lore and their connection and stuff. I don't know. It's, it's a work of theory I have. So it was interesting to know that this is a brand new figure that we just, we don't know. It's a mystery. And I also enjoyed hearing because someone someone asked just straight up, is the Chronicle are the Chronicles canon? And they shared that they are. But it's from the point of view of the Titans, which I had no idea about. So that was a bit of a jaw-dropping moment for me. And you know, they pointed out that it gives room to explore more of the mythology. Which makes sense, because if you actually look at that Mythos map that's in Chronicles, and they, they showed it at BlizzCon, you can Google it even, Shadowlands is right on there! <laughs> and so are a lot of different other things. So it was just really cool to hear that that was made from the viewpoint of the Titans. Like, that's just... that's that's major. Cool. Um, Medros, what did, what did you find interesting from the Q&A? Uh, I was rather amused by the question about an HD model toggle for Classic. I'm like... 
So I had a feeling you'd say that. Basically, you want the looks of modern, but the play of classic? Like, I just, I don't get why... I, I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, why ask for A when you want B, but kind of a mix of A? I just... I, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I kind of understand it. I mean, just because, you know, people want something pretty to look at when they're playing. And, like, but they... I, there are obviously people with different play styles and different wants in WoW, and that's clearly... That, that's clearly established with the uh, substantial apparently uh, large sub-increase when WoW Classic was launched. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that they, they want that playstyle back, but you know, they want it to look pretty, but you know, that's not that's that's not their priority. Their, their priority for doing that kind of stuff is going to be in retail. At least for now. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Uh, was there anything else? Um, I was intrigued by the the by sorry pushing more for more information or more uh, asking them to consider doing the faction removal, like basically losing losing the restrictions on factions. Uh, again, don't expect them to do that, but. Um, I really feel like more and more there's there's people who are wanting to play whatever faction they want, and that was I think probably one of the things people I, I was hearing from who were more most excited about for the leaks and suggestions about what might be coming in in the next expansion before BlizzCon, uh, that the addition of the uh, faction logo would lead to a uh, removal of faction restrictions. Um, the answer didn't, didn't surprise me at all. They, they definitely... I, I'm not surprised they want to keep that. Uh, I don't know how long that will be that they'll keep it for, though. I don't know. Like, I think if they were going to do it, now would have been a good... Now would have been the perfect time to do it, just because yeah. of how the story's um, unfolded. That being said, I mean, something else can happen in the story that will either further divide um, the Alliance and Horde. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or make it seem, or make it make even more sense in the future to, to remove that divide. I, um, yeah, uh, I'm not entirely surprised at their answer either. Yeah, uh, and the last question that made me look at my computer in a dumbfound fashion was. Will there ever be Burning Crusade or Wrath of the Lich King server options for Classic? I'm sure you expected this one to be as well, one I have have thoughts on. Um, I don't know how they do it without basically just having a constant rotation of every expansion having its own server for ever, basically. And Understandably, there's there's lo- very logical and business sense reasons to not have that kind of a system. You don't like. 
I don't want Blizzard as a company and the, the WoW team to get stuck in past expansions over and over until the end of time. So I don't know how they do that without that being the result. I mean, and I've talked about this in previous shows, uh, EverQuest is a prime example of of a game that's doing that right now. I mean, they're still, as far as I know, EverQuest is still making new stuff. Uh, but they have a rotating uh, they, they have a series of servers that kind of rotate through all the content and from my understanding um, the players on that server kind of votes on on whether or not they want to continue to the next pat- to the next content patch or next uh, expansion or whatever and I don't know I I they seem to be doing that pretty okay. I don't like. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's. It's to the. It's. Uh, I don't think there's as much. For ever as much of an audience for the EverQuest stuff as there is for WoW. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm just speculating. I have no idea, honestly. But um, that's certainly one model they could look towards. And. Uh, and doing that kind of thing. Definitely. Um, I just, yeah. Interesting, I guess. Uh, what do you think about the, uh, the playable races question, Toasty? Uh, I must have missed that, honestly. Playable races. Playable uh, races. Is there a possibility of playable races with more or less than two legs now that mechanomes are a thing? If it's an appropriate, if it's appropriate to the story, then maybe they got new tech for mechanomes and can explore it now. I don't care about that. Just give me my tortolan. <laughs> I will be, I will be a happy bean. You know what makes me happy? The tear set thing, because that's really cool too. Well, yeah, but transmogable legendaries. Yes. Yes, I can transmog my. My my shadow mourn. That makes me so happy. As long as this, as long as my transmogable shadow mourn also like I, I if it doesn't give me the effect I don't care. Like I just want that look of the soul swirling around me. That is so cool. So cool and I want it. <laughs> I also like that they took time to explain that the team begins brainstorming expansion ideas one to two expansions ahead. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And so they kind of went into a little more detail about that and kind of process and where they want the story to take them. And sometimes, you know, ideas sound great. And then as they go along, they realize it's not. It's it's cool to hear a bit of that brainstorming process and just how much in the future they do certain things. I just want to kind of bring that to everyone's attention because it's good to know. Yeah, absolutely. But seriously, though, tier sets, class-specific tier sets. Yes. I mean, I, I get why they did it, but I don't know. Like the a good chunk of these tier sets, a good a good chunk of the armor that we've gotten in this expansion, with the exception of the Nyalotha uh, gear, I haven't been a huge fan of. I mean, I I use the uh, Night Elf plate set. Just because it gives my Draenei actual boots instead of things that are cut off for the hooves. And it looks real cool. 
but outside of that Annihilatha, like it hasn't been something I've been very happy with. I think part of that is probably because like it, some of the stuff just wasn't. Uh, I don't know. Like it was warrior e to a degree, but you can also get the sense that they were trying not to make it too much in that direction because paladins and death knights were also wearing the same sets. So something made specifically for a warrior, I am, I am a hundred percent on board with. As I'm sure Medros is for paladins. I do love paladins. Wait, what? I know. Shocking, shocking information. Shocking. <laughs> it might make you happy to know, Medros, that right now I have a very glowy transmog set on, almost paladin-like. I won't lie, that does make me a little happy. I mean, it's glowy because parts of it are on fire because it's a Blackrock set from Blackrock Foundry. Yeah, but it's, I'll, it, I'll but it's glowy. I'll, I'll pretend it's a white glow instead of a red glow. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that was the Q and A. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch more stuff they covered in the Q and A. We're not going to go through each of the questions one by one, but if you if you want to see all those, I can go ahead and check out the write up on Emerald Champion about that. Definitely. All right, so everybody now has watched the voiceover panel, right? Oh my I god! I hope they have, because my gosh, if you haven't, you're you're sad, <laughs> you, or you you will be when you realize that what you've missed out on, or yeah. both. Yeah, oh, it was so good. I really enjoyed. Um hearing the voices and, and really getting a feel for um, the process like the video of the the, the roleplay session they did was just awesome oh that kind of improv session between the uh, be, between Metzen and Verox voice actor yeah that oh. Was... oh that was so good like having met Chris Metzen and you know being so aware of the the stuff he's gone through in the past um I almost feel like he is 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 channeling his own history and his own past into the voice of Thrall in that in a lot and some of that and it just it chilled me yeah yeah it it definitely obviously I've, I've never met Chris but I've heard, you know, he's opened up about these things in various interviews, and yeah, I definitely wondered if he was channeling some of that. I know I really liked hearing about the process and how they take the time to become vulnerable and real with each other before they even record any of their lines together, just so they have that connection. And it really comes through in in the cinematics and the voices and I had no idea they went that in depth and it gave me a new appreciation for what they do really yeah and I mean just just see like the tone um and the thinking that they put into into everything they're doing um was, was really impressive yeah I was very glad they had that recording, uh, even if they had to censor 
significant sections of it. Man, what I wouldn't pay to hear Verok and Thrall drop F-bombs. Oh my gosh. Because, like, they censored it. You knew what they were saying. Oh, definitely. It was just a whole bunch of F-bombs, and I I want that in my life. (laughs) And then they did the live reenactment of those two cinematics, and... I had literal chills. It just oh. was amazing. Terran as Thrall? That was actually really good. Granted, he did have a voice modulator to lower his voice a little bit. Yeah. But even, like, he posted on his Twitter a sample of him doing Thrall's voice without that voice modulator. And even then, it was so good. Yeah, and somebody uh, somebody tweeted out... Um, about that, and, and uh, at the end of the tweet, they said, "I think Christmas. I think at Christmas will be proud." And his response was, "He is." Oh, so uh, you know, as Terry Gregory, that must make you feel like, "All right, I, I absolutely did something really great here." If he thinks I did good, then it, then it's good. Because I mean, that is the voice of Thrall. He's been Thrall yeah. since day yeah. one of Thrall. <laughs> And can I just give one shout out to Patty Madsen because oh my god, like she pulls off that Sylvana's voice with like oh, she like she, she just turn it on. Goodness. That's crazy. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I'll be honest. Um seeing her and then and and then and, and I I can't visualize until this panel, I could not visualize that connection. You know, Sylvana's from that that that, that 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 person. This I I have no more questions. Like there there is no more question about uh, her being an utterly amazing Sylvanas. You know it's interesting too because you you see her and, and you just, you don't expect that. I, I've heard her in interviews. I super awkwardly got a selfie with her when I saw her standing there on the side doing a deep dive, and even though it was like it was a. 15 20 second interaction but even then like you can tell she's a nice kind person and just to see her you know turn it on like that on stage she's got skill and she liked our our conversation about that meeting between you and her by the way (laughs) i I was like all right she she saw me when i said that's all that matters (laughs) because yeah she 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 did an amazing job uh that reenactment like even the fact that they did it to down to the details of having chairs and tables, um, all of that just it, it it made it just so visceral seeing those actors do that. And I, I'm very curious how much time they put into rehearsing what they were, they had to have done some rehearsal, but oh, they sure. still I mean- did such a good job for not being actual actors in person. Yeah, they really did. I mean, they physically carried out, and I always forget his name, and I feel so bad, but the guy who does Rock Soffing's voice, they physically carried his body out. Yeah. I guarantee they had to practice that. <laughs> but that moment, like, I got, I got a little teary-eyed. For real. They were doing the tink-tink. It was just, oh, it was so good. 
Yeah, I was, I was actually saying on the, the show uh, after re- the, the Monday after BlizzCon um, that Monday, while I was re- rewatching that on my phone at on my break at work, there was construction happening outside of my office, and they were doing some hammering of, of concrete that was in rhythm with that, and oh. it was just really weird. I'm like, wow. oh, okay then. Uh, that that definitely brings back some memories right there. Um, but yeah, uh, the the whole the whole panel was amazing. Um, this is definitely a solid number two voice voice actors panel for me. Uh, the the first Overwatch one is still number one because hard to beat that. But uh, this is I a really so, really so solid I one. Um, I'm I actually so found so a, I missed that. I found a video of it. Oh, I've I've watched a video. Okay, I've I've, I've I... It's very widely available on YouTube. I just, I wanted to be, like, it looks like what I, I, I would have liked to have been there in person for. Yeah. Being there is definitely special. Yeah, I, it's a good panel. I'm glad to have been there. I've only been to the one voice actor panel since since they've, um, since I've been going to BlizzCon. That was last year's when Laura Bailey sang Daughter of the Sea live. Yeah. Oh, I would have loved to see that live. Oh, oh my God. So good. Oh, mm, loved it. Well, I think that's all we have to say about the VO panel. Uh, looks like there was uh, a, dev- a dev interview um, during BlizzCon, just talking more about Shadowlands and what we can expect there. Uh, as as they said, one of the as they said during the Q and A, flying is going to work. Similar to previous expansions, with another variation of Pathfinder, which for some reason people don't like. I don't mind it. But I guess that's the point. It's a compromise. Yeah. What really really interested me about this review was the bit they were talking about when it comes to leveling. Because, like, it looks as though, like, it's an option kind of thing. Whether you do it the... um, the one expansion at a time thing, or um, or or not, because the they talk the way they talked about it is um, if you're if you aren't in quote chromie time, zones will only scale up to the cap for that expansion. You can we can still level that way. Like I in my head, I'm having trouble figuring out how that'll work. It's not making sense in my head. I don't. I don't know. Am I missing something there, or do you guys understand that at all? There. Go ahead, Mendoza. I'm just saying, I I don't know that I have a good grasp on that at all. I'll be honest. Um, just don't don't get it. But I think it's something I need to actually like see in action, kind of thing. Yeah. Like it just yeah, it's just the whole system. Just I'm not sure I understand it. So. Yeah. The way I go ahead. I thought I had a good grasp on it, but there's this one line in the interview that has me confused now. It says, if you, for example, want to go back to Pandaria and farm for transmogs you wouldn't want the zone scaling, so you'd need chromie time to scale it. Yeah, I don't, I don't but, understand but if you that. Go back, maybe, maybe they're thinking that you wouldn't go back at level 60 to go farm that stuff? I'm sorry, from level 60, I don't need Chromie to scale it 
back. I'm so, I'm so confused about that line. Uh, I guess, like you said, it's going to be something we're going to have to, like Mitchell said, we're going to have to see that in action to kind of wrap our mind around that. Because in my head, there wasn't going to be the two options. It was a, it was, it was the the options that we were presented were which expansion we could go through. Well, they mentioned in passing during that panel too that if you don't want to pick an expansion and you just want to wander around a level, you can do that. But it was literally a sentence, and they moved on. Yeah. I don't understand how that's... Yeah, and Stone, Stone says in chat that we can jump through between expansions, yes, and I get I that. get that. I just assumed that um, the zone would... Like, the expansions would just kind of scale to wherever we are. Or we'd be dropped in a... We'd either, either scale to where we are, or we'd be dropped in an area, or we'd be put into an area that's specific to... But that's appropriate for our level. I don't know exactly how that'll work. And, and see, there, there's some reporting I saw during during the actual con that was saying, well, once you choose your expansion, you're there until you hit 50. And no, then... They, they said during the thing that we can change it. Okay. Um, also, um, how are they going to handle that a character that you're playing in that in that range will have no knowledge of what happened in, you know, a good 75% of the previous occurrences in the in the world like will there be some method of, of you learning what happened in all the other stuff like you start you go get to 10 uh 10 to 50 you're in cataclysm for example uh well you know nothing about outlands you know nothing about ice crown you know nothing about uh pandaria you know nothing about argus or the Broken Isles, or, or the Broken Shore, I should say. Um, you know, nothing about, you know, Kul'Tiris and, and Zandalar. Like, you, you, there's all this stuff you don't know anything about. <laughs> so, what's the what's the process of your character learning all of that, or, or knowing what's happened in the world? See, and I, and I kind of just made up my own headcanon for this, because it's what makes the most sense to me. When you're picking a new character, you're 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 loving up a new character in the era of Shadowlands uh, or the tail end of Battle for Azeroth, right? So when you when when you're so if you're a new player, when you level up, you you're you're only given the one option. You go through the path, you go through the Exiles Island or whatever for level one to ten, and then you have to go through Battle for Azeroth, and then you go into Shadowlands. For any subsequent characters you get to pick, and Chromie just says, uh, um, you know, looks like you've done this already. Pick an expansion kind of thing. So it's the, the in my head canon is you're a relatively young adventurer, and Chromie is just t- telling you a story of how the expansion went, <laughs> or of how previous events have gone. That's just that's the way my head canon is working anyway. It's just a, it's, yeah, like someone says, it's just a way for us to ex- to experience the old content and like actually finish off the story of an expansion when we uh, when we get to that point. I definitely want them to have a Q and A, a post BlizzCon Q and A in the next few weeks. I imagine they will once they work out more of their details on their end, because for example, I actually asked a developer if 
certain things from expansions past that were taken out will they be back in example Wrathgate so if I choose Wrath of the Lich King to level in which I'm totally going to do do I get to experience Wrathgate or is that not getting put back in and they don't know yet so there's some finer details I think they're still working out with all of that when they have it I'll bet they'll do another Q&A like Stone saying, probably after 8.3 is out, which it does make sense to do that. You know, once they get closer, especially once they get closer to announcing beta. Yeah. Because once once 8.3 comes out, like there there's going to be a lot of info on that for starters. And then once they get through that, then there'll be more of a focus on Shadowlands. Stone, no need to apologize. We like engaging with the chat room. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't do the show live if we didn't want to have chat people letting us know their thoughts. Stop apologizing. Stop being You're Canadian. From <laughs> You're from the Toronto area. It's like, yeah. Anyway. Hey, being thrown at Toronto. Holy crap. Oh, Stone knows. Stone knows my feelings about I Toronto. Know. I know, I know. <laughs> so one, um, one thing I really like is the changes being made done to I speak really well I really like the changes happening with the weekly loot chest and this interview they explained that some of the factors to include in what loot you have to choose from in that chest is going to be based on how far you made it on a run in Torghast what mythics you do, what dungeons you run world quests you do PvP, like many many factors so I really like, in general, all these changes coming to the weekly loot chest. So excited about that. What I'm really excited for is Torghast and the Maw. Oh, yes. First of all, Torghast, procedurally generated, roguelike thing. I, like, one of the things that I've been playing, like, I, I, I've been playing, or at least talking about a lot with a bunch of coworkers is roguelikes, and they all look like so much fun. I've been playing a lot of Enter the Gungeon recently, for example, and like that sounds like that's what Torghast is. It's a, it's roguelike. It's it's very much inspired by roguelike because they said during the uh, deep dive, I believe it was. Um, but um, how what happens in Torghast and what you do there is going to be influenced by what you've done there already, which is kind of cool. So it's kind of it sounds, it sounds like it's going to be a scaling thing based well not necessarily scaling, but like ah uh, words hard, <laughs> right? Words are hard. <laughs> Basically, you get stronger. The Torghast is going to get stronger too. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that if you uh, throw your ult in there, um, you're going to expect that that you're going to be a. Uh, plowing through it quite quick because it's going to scale to your alt because they, they said very specifically if your alt hasn't geared up you won't get very far you'll get you'll get somewhere at the very least but you know, that'll be that'll be kind of cool I'm interested to see how that plays out but so far I am very much in for that yeah and, and what's cool about that is you can just kind of do it by yourself if you want or you can take friends yeah and actually it makes me want to ask you Medros I know you're not big into dungeons. I had to twist your arm a couple times to do a couple of them with me. But Torghast, you can actually solo. How are you feeling about Torghast? 
I am intrigued and curious. We'll see how it goes. I think that's going to be something right up your alley because, like, um, first of all, you can, you'll be building your legendaries in Torghast, and and looks like you could probably still compete with Ali and me to like for your uh, item level because you're you'll you'll be getting stronger and stronger gear as you progress through it, so we can keep our item level competition going. I know that kind of got out of hand when I started raiding, so yeah, all of a sudden I had competition. <laughs> Hey, I I, I mean, was in the lead for like a, a few days. Yeah, it went it went from me and Medros competing to Ali and Ali blowing us out of the water to like my luck ran dry. And I all still of a I still beat her to flying. That's true. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, then the whole Ma area sounds like a lot of fun too. They're yes. they're, they're very much. Apparently, they're very much inspired by the quote classic experience, where the difficulty is pretty ramped up. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Classic experience with a uh, with some of the modern tools available to us. That sounds more up my alley. I like my I like my quality of life improvements. That's probably what stop. That's that's probably the biggest thing that stopped me from uh, getting into class classic. Like I don't mind. I don't mind the slogs or whatever. Slogs are just the nature of an MMO. But give me my quality of life stuff. And sounds like the mom might give that to me. Definitely something that I'm curious about. Like I said, um, I, I don't feel like I have enough information to see how likely it'll be that I'll actually have success there. Even if I try and do it. But I will at least run it a couple times. See, see how it feels. I think... Something tells me that the um, that the invasion things we're going to see for 8.3 uh, will give us some insight, at least to how the maw is going to be in terms of difficulty. Because the because those I forget and I'm forgetting the name of those. Oh, the, vi- the horrific visions. Yeah, the horrific visions. Because yeah. they the one of the things they said about the horrific visions is don't expect to succeed right away. Oh, they are. You're, they you're are, going to fail. Challenging. You're going very to fail so. constantly. Yeah, and it sounds very much like. Uh, Play, the play style in the Maw is um, inspired by that. So, you know, uh, just playing the Herd of Visions Medros might be in, might might be a good indicator. I mean, the, obviously adjustments could be made, but it's a good starting point anyway. Definitely. I don't want to talk too much more about all this stuff because it's a lot of stuff that we've covered already previously. I just want to say that uh, the team isn't sure if Titan Fortune will be in Shadowlands. I'm sure many people are happy about that. Take it out. As 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 good as it feels having something proc rogue Titan Forge. Um, Taking that yeah. out would would at least slightly minimize RNG. I know there's always going to be RNG. I'm aware of that. It's an MMO. I've accepted this, but there's a pretty massive amount right now, so that would. Making it feel a little better when you get an up in a you know raid, and then a few weeks later you're just hoping to get a Titan Forge version of it. Just yeah, I'm ready for that to be done. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on from the WoW specific stuff because we know we spent the last. 
two weeks talking about the WoW specific stuff from BlizzCon, and you know it's BlizzCon. There's a bunch of other stuff that came out of that. Really, um, I, thought, I thought Shadowlands is all the announced there. I mean, there was a few other things. Just a the few. Was really high. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about some Warcraft three reforged then. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to play it this time around. I was really focused on Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 and Shadowlands. I was focused on many other things and playing a, uh, an, a graphically updated RTS uh, did not did not appeal to me. But still, I um, yeah, this is all the we got a bunch of different stuff about Warcraft 3. Uh, obviously, the beta is a thing that launched during the convention, I think. I know, I got my email during the con. Uh, I got mine, I think, Tuesday. Okay, so, like, the week of the con, people started getting Warcraft 3 beta invites, which was really cool. And since then, we've been inundated by multiple features on Wellhead about the updated models, and those models... They look good. I mean, I was expecting... I was, you know, I was expecting them to be improved from the Warcraft 3, because, you know... It's been a while since Warcraft 3 came out. I was not expecting what we've been seeing. They look friggin' fantastic. Give me more of that, and, you know, we'll, we'll get more of that. We'll get a whole game of that. Yeah, the models look really nice. I'm really impressed with the models they've shown so far. Yeah. Apparently they showed a sneak peek of the, um, of the cinematics and the campaign during the deep dive panel. I, I did not watch that, but just, I'm seeing screenshots... And and that looks really good too. Oh, yeah. Why didn't I look at these before? <laughs> yeah the the cinematic of uh, Arthas, Death Knight Arthas arriving oh. at the Frozen Throne was just beautiful. Um, and seeing Illidan arrive, like I remember that that from the from Warcraft three. It looked really good then. It looks even better now. Looks like they've also provided a bunch of cool uh, new new camera tools and other map making tools for the map makers, which is really cool because obviously um, the Warcraft Three community liked doing all those custom things. Hell, a whole genre of games was birthed off of a Warcraft Three mod. So, giving them more tools, why not? Let's see what they make of it. I do think we'll see Blizzard being a little more controlling of the results than they were about Dota. Like they let that yeah. go way too long and they lost out, I think. Oh, oh boy did they ever. I mean, look at I mean, look at what's happening with like the uh, Dota Invitational and you got the uh, League Championships. Those are huge events in esports. And man, Bet Blizzard wish they were managed to get a piece of that pie. Yeah, and we we know what's happening with their um version of that style of game. So That's a fat rip bud. Yep. But yeah, it was it was a very interesting panel. Um very intrigued to see how um how things are going to improve. I'm I, I mean, I'm a story guy. I I want the lore and I want the the, the um uh the view of, of things as it as it pertains to story and, and the campaign stuff. So, uh not really a lot for me to look in the beta right now. But I would love to get in and, and do a uh, let's let's not bother trying to kill each other. Let's just like look at what's what's happened, what, like what the game looks like, kind of thing. Uh, match <laughs> look with at somebody. The yeah, because I don't care about 
building up my base and attacking the other guy kind of thing. I just, I want to see what it looks like. But, and the only way to do that right now is to go to a match. So. Because there is no versus AI mode. There is no um, play with you and, and four AIs to to see what it's like kind of thing. So. Can you pick an opponent? Or is, he, or is it just matchmaking? I think, I think you can, but I don't know. Um, everybody, everybody on my friends list at the time I last launched it was uh, in Anaheim for some reason. I can't figure out why. Oh yeah. Hmm. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. All, all of them? I, I, I believe everybody that was on my friends list that, at that moment uh, was people that I knew were not at their computers. Wonder why? What happened then? You know, I think there was a gathering of some nerds. Calm before the storm was that week. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty awesome. (laughs) Well played. Well played. So if you haven't watched this panel, I would definitely go watch at least the last five minutes of the panel because that cinematic they showed is really good. Yeah, just a screenshot. It's like, oh, oh, it looks so good. Yeah. Give it to me. I'm really excited for this whenever it decides to come out. Which I think is by the end of the year, though I, I'm confused because if they're only beta, like at the time that they had the panel, next week was going to be Undead and Night Elf shortly thereafter. I don't know what's in there currently, but it seems like there's a lot more yet to be done if they're only adding in Night Elves and Undead right now. So, well, let's let's see. Launch. You know what? So they normally when do they normally like to launch games? The uh, Thursday, right? Tuesdays. Tuesdays. I'm just saying, December thirty first is a Tuesday. <laughs> um. Okay. That. Yeah. That, that's, that's that is factually correct. It, yes. It is a it is a bad <laughs> option, but it's an option. <laughs> it is a really bad option. I mean, before that is December twenty fourth, which is an equally bad option. Yes, that would be a really bad choice for releasing a game. Uh, December seventeenth, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I voice with your high voicing tonight. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna hate this when I edit it. Yes, you will. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, the, the thing I took away from watching this panel was that they have learned a lot since they made Warcraft 3 and they do have a lot of uh, a lot of stuff they, they brought to the to the table in trying to improve the visuals and improve a lot of aspects of it like one thing they pointed out was back in original Warcraft 3 a character that fired a gun fired from their groin and <laughs> that kind of looks a little weird Okay, a lot of a lot of weird. So now, you know, one of the things they've done is they you you can they, they have points where they can attach a weapon to a hand, and projectiles can fire from that weapon uh, instead of firing from a groin. Um, you know, probably probably a good thing. <laughs> yes, um, just a little bit. I did see a lot of people complaining online about it not being. Um, basically, Blizzard broke their promises. I don't know what people are talking about. Like, some people said that there was an interview that somebody did with Blizzard, and they said that 
a bunch of stuff they said was going to be coming in this is not happening. Like they that they weren't re-recording some of the audio, or maybe they were recording re-recording audio. I I honestly don't know. But there's a lot of people who were very unhappy with some of these answers. I, I didn't really catch what the problems were. I was trying to cover the con. Um, but I'm really happy with what I saw, and I'm really excited to play the game when it, when it actually launches fully. Yeah, on order before December 31st, 2019. <laughs> Which could be on the thir- December 31st, 2019. I'm sure their staff will really love that. I will point out that will be not be the la- the first game that they have launched on December 31st. What, what other game have they launched on December 31st? I vaguely recall it being uh, Diablo, I believe. Um, yeah, Battle.net was launched December 31st, 1996, with the release of Diablo's action role-playing game, Diablo. Oh, wow. Huh. So, this would not be the first time they've released a game on the 31st of, de- of December. Interesting. Um, well, well, we'll wait and see. We've got, like, 45 days left in the year. Oh, my yep. gosh. Trust me. Countdowns are my thing. I don't know if you guys have noticed <laughs> countdowns that. Countdowns are yours. Really? I, I I don't recall ever seeing a countdown from you. That, that's so, so surprising. That's funny. I was looking at my time hop uh, yesterday, and I noticed another t- countdown that I started. It was to the Deathly Hallows Part 1 uh, movie, <laughs> yeah. except I wasn't counting down days. I was counting down hours. <laughs> Like, not every hour on the hour, but every time I... It looks like any time I managed to find time to check Facebook. Like, oh, how much time left till the movie? Okay. So so you know that a news organization or a news site has no idea what they're reporting on when they report that a a, uh, a vendor in in France may have uh, leaked the release date of, of Overwatch 2... Uh, by saying that they have posted something saying that it'll release December 31st, 2020. Clearly they don't know Blizzard. Because that would oh, well. be a little release by December 31st, 2020. Not it's going to come on that day. Yeah. Yeah, December 31st, 2020. Not 2019. Uh, yeah. Alright. Bad, 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 bad reporting, that's all it is. Speaking um, of Overwatch 2, that was a thing that was announced at Blizzard 2. Segue, that's smooth. I tried. Yeah, I tried. So, so, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into our non-Warcraft related stuff. Um, we're not gonna spend too much time on it because obviously this is a this is a World of Warcraft podcast, so Warcraft related stuff. But there's so, a bunch of other cool non-WoW stuff. I do have to ask if there's anybody in our chat room currently who is happy with the new map they announced. Because I, I know this one person talking is not was not super happy when I heard when it was always announced. Yeah, I bet somebody in this chat room is really happy that the new map is in Toronto. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who that is. Um, I laughed my okay. I laughed pretty hard when uh, they're like, "Oh, it has all these key things like hockey things and curling arenas and red maple trees." I'm like, really. I mean, those are very convenient things, to be fair. Yeah. And, and they had a, a, an Overwatch version of Tim Hortons, which made me laugh. I did not notice that. No way. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a sign or something in one of the 
things they showed. Where was it? It was like Jan Fjordsons or something. Oh, where was it? I know it was here somewhere. I know it was in this this because it was it was um uh, a, a billboard or like a bus. Oh, Tim Fordsons. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. I didn't see that. That's cool. Yeah, I was like, really, really, really. All right, fine. They just need to find a way to, to shoehorn some Putin in there, and I wear I wear gold. Yeah, Tim Fjordsons or for, Tim Fordsons. Sorry, I'm like, all right, so that's your Tim Hortons, okay? In all seriousness, the, that new that new mode looks like a lot of fun. I didn't get a chance to play it. I played just the PVE portion of the Overwatch 2 demo, which PT dubs. PVE in Overwatch 2 is is lots of fun. I'm so excited about it. I am very excited for this. Um, I'm glad that they are not... like Okay, it's Overwatch 2, but it's basically Overwatch 2.0. It's not a new game. It's... it's essentially an expansion I feel to the to the current game yeah everything yep. you have from the current one is going to carry over all your skins all your victory poses all that Which stuff's is carrying really over really smart of them I would have been so sad if some of my skins didn't carry over yeah like um, so far they're knocking it out of the park in terms of what's carrying over and all that I take issue I do I do take issue with some with something and and like a lot of a lot of my concerns will be addressed uh, depending on how much this is going to cost. Yeah, everyone's waiting for that. Because the cost will very much influence my my satisfaction with with this whole endeavor. Don't get me wrong, I'm probably going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, whether or not I complain loudly about it is is going to be dependent on the price. And and Stone Montreal would have been fantastic. I don't expect anyone to hold a to, I don't expect anyone to put Canada in a game and feature Winnipeg of all places. I do. Like Toronto, yeah, Montreal, yeah, Vancouver, yeah. Basically ignore the center of the country. Basically. Uh what, what this may sound like I am echoing uh, what I said last year around this time, but uh, give me Pushbot or Death. I, I want Pushbot as a as a hero because that made me laugh. <laughs> like golden, like just the tone of it was like, okay, we'll push this way. We'll push. Oh no, wrong way. Other way. Go other way. Other way. I'm like, okay, I want you. I want, I want you as a hero. You know. <laughs> Of course, I'm still asking for Bob, so... They mi they missed out on a golden opportunity with this push thing. Yeah. It should have been a Zamboni. Oh! <laughs> maybe, during, maybe, maybe during the winter holidays. A Zamboni skin for Pushbot? I mean, look at the map. It's, cons it's It'll be constantly winter holidays there. Well, yes, but I mean, during, you know, the holiday season when they do their special event. That's true. So, what do you guys like? Did you guys look at the new skin, like the new looks for the characters that they showed? Yeah. What do you guys think uh, of those? They're pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Not not a far departure from their current looks, except for like Lucio. Lucio changed dramatically. Like, I guess it's just his hair that changed dramatically. But um, like, it's not a far departure. It's still familiar look to them. It's you know slightly updated. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I I really liked some of the looks, new looks. Um, I I wasn't sure how many of them were just new skins versus new looks. Uh, but like they showed, I saw, saw somebody did a, a tracer comparison, and I really liked the improvements there. Um, mm-hmm. Just overall better visual, better out, better look to the outfits and everything. Um, really appreciated that. And I'm very curious to see what else is going to come out closer to whenever this releases in a year or so. I yeah, I've been, I, I've been, I've just, I've, I've been wanting a PVE mode for a while now, like many other people. So I'm super excited about it. I am stoked for that. Yeah, like, I, it was, like for me, PVE mode wasn't something I was hurting for. Like, I obviously very much enjoy the PVP aspect of it. Um, I'm not, I'm not mad at. It them putting the effort into PvE because it, it looks like it's... The little I played of it looks like it was pretty well done. What, what do you guys think of the the announce, the release announcement for this? I really oh, enjoyed the, that video. That was really, oh, really well done video, It was so good. That was that cool. feel, the, yeah. the, all, so many feel-good moments, especially when like Ryan showed up on that spinning truck, like, hammer it down! It was great. Loved it. 10 out of 10. I agree. It was great. And when Genji used his ult and sliced that hand in half. Yeah. <clears throat> Loved it. And uh, yeah, so it's coming out for Battle.net, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, I assume yep. they'll plan for it all at the same time this time. Yep. Still no Mac client, so rip Mac users. Yeah, I know a few, a few people who play exclusively on Macs who uh, have, have been very sad they can't play some Diablo or some Overwatch, but... They can do a boot. Yeah, anyways, moving on. <laughs> uh, let's talk about... Uh, I, what I will say is probably the other big announcement, like the biggest announcement they planned anyway. Diablo 4. Oh, that cinematic. Whew. It was good. That was oh. really good. Oh, it was everything I wanted from a Diablo 4 cinematic. It was dark, dirty, grimy. Yep. Oh. Dark, a little twisted. It was effed up. Oh. That 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 gigantic blood cloak at the end when Lilith came back. I'm I'm glad they're going a little a, a little a little darker. You know, a little more evil feeling with it. And yeah. it comes across in the gameplay too. Like there's more it's slightly less cartoony than Diablo three. Yeah, the color palette was definitely a bit more muted. Mm-hmm. And the the blood, just the amount of blood and gore, that gameplay between the amount of just violence <laughs> and you know little things like certain abilities would kind of make the camera shake a little bit. Like just, it was incredibly satisfying to play. It's definitely one of those blow off steam from work kind of games when you need just to vent and destroy things. So I'm assuming that the Diablo 4 cinematic at the for the announcement was because of the content warning signs they had. I'm also curious if there's anything other than the Diablo 4 announcement panel that was not, or the, 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 the Diablo 4 announcement cinematic that was not shown on that one stage that was family friendly. I'm going to assume that that was it, because nothing really stands out for the other stuff where that would have warranted a parental advisory. Yeah, like, Overwatch, I mean, it was mildly scary, but definitely not, like, gory or bloody or 
No, it was cartoon violence. It was, it was definitely just Diablo. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. It's only very, uh, very exciting. Um, there's also just people who were basically saying that Diablo 4 is just a reskin of Diablo 3, which I don't agree with at all. Uh, because, like, if you look at the, the videos they were showing and the announcements and, and gameplay footage, like, they're very different than Diablo 3. They're much better resolution. Yeah. Um, but you still want to keep it somewhat similar because you still want it to feel like it's in the same universe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just reading this in, this uh, panel thing, and apparently Druid wasn't almost in Diablo 4, which, like, why would you do that? Like, yeah, that people was, are excited that, about that. Was, yeah, that was the hype thing yeah. when when they showed the gameplay footage. A druid? Druid? Change into a bear? 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 Yes? Bear? Yeah! Yeah, I know my husband was like, he. I, I enjoy Diablo, but he's way more into it. And as soon as they showed the druid, he just got so psyched. I can't believe they almost didn't put him in. No. Give me a druid, please. And playing the druid was so much fun. It was nice and fluid. Like, ah. Oh. What what other two cla- what are the other two classes you think they might might add to uh, Diablo Four? Okay, so right now they got barb source uh, barb sorceress and druid. Um, I'd imagine demon hunter gets makes its way in there. Um, okay. they seem to be shying away from the from the idea of putting witch doctors in because I don't think there's a witch doctor class in Diablo Immortal. Uh, not sure. Uh, didn't look like a... Yeah, so, so Diablo Immortal has Barb, Crusader, Demon Hunter, Monk, Necromancer, and Wizard, so there's no Witch Doctor. So, something tells me that they're, they're kind of shying away from that thing for one reason or another. But, uh, so right now, like I said, we got Barb, Druid, and Sorceress, and Diablo Immortal... I can see Demon Hunter and Monk making it in there. I'd like to see Paladin return. Isn't that just a Crusader? Uh, no, it's slightly different. Or different to a degree. They are different classes in, in the Diablo lore. Well, okay. I admit I am I'm not fully versed in that, so. Yeah, I think I recall the Paladin was Diablo 2, I think. Uh, okay. I have it, so I could actually play it and try it, but that would require, like, not doing a podcast right now, so. Um, I, I'm very curious uh, what the timeline is on this. I don't think we see it next year at all. No. Um, so you think we waited four years between Diablo 3 announcement and release? Yeah. We may be a beta late next year. Maybe. But yeah. that might be pushing it. Yeah, they wouldn't even give us a blizzard soon, so you know it's a while yeah. out. Yeah. I'm very curious, now that we have this particular demon back, are we going to have uh, the other side of that partnering back as a character at some point in this game? And that's that's kind of what I'm curious about. Oh, well, we'll have to wait a few years and see. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but I, I'm very glad that the uh, Diablo community got something. Uh, got something significant this time. Well, they got Diablo Immortal news this year, too. Not as much, mind you, but they got some Diablo Immortal news. Sorry, I think you misheard me. I, I said significant. Idea. 
you know, talk smack about it all you want. The immortal is a lot of fun, all right? I don't doubt I really that. I really like but playing immortal. I do not doubt that, but the Diablo community does not see that as something significant for them. Oh, yeah, clearly not. Currently, I mean, at least. Yeah. They, they, they wanted Diablo 4. They've been clamoring it for a while now, and they're getting it. I'm very happy for them. But, but 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 don't sleep on Diablo Immortal. Well, maybe sleep on it depending on how that whole thing is like monetized. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's definitely some some concerns on that one. Um, apparently, there's word that there's going to be microtransactions uh, in Diablo well, uh, Four. So. They 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 didn't shut down that quest. They didn't. So the problem is they didn't outright say no, which means like there probably will be. Um. Well, but it could uh, just be cosmetic stuff. Like we we don't know. That's true too. I, I thought I saw something today that they actually confirmed there was going to be. Oh, I, I was sorry. Yeah, they they may have been something out after BlizzCon. I know during BlizzCon they said. Um. They didn't outright say anything. They, when they asked, will there be microtransactions in Diablo Immortal? Uh, they answered, we're focused on building a great Diablo game first. That said, we know the business model is top of mind for lots of people out there, and we're taking the time to get it right. It's too early to share details, but we want to make a Diablo game players love and support for years to come. We plan to achieve that by creating an ecosystem that accounts for and welcomes every type of player, from our most diehard Diablo veterans to those who will be exploring Sanctuary for their first time. Uh, sorry, just to clarify, I'm, I'm talking about microtransactions in Diablo 4. Uh, basically saying, like, if there's microtransactions expected in Diablo 4, there's no way there's none in Diablo Immortal. I did see something about microtransactions for Diablo 4, too. Now that I think about it. Yeah, that was, that was confirmed in a video, I think, a day or two ago, so. Yeah. But it could be cosmetics. I hope so. Um, I'm, I am not a fa- fan of uh, pay-to-win stuff, but uh, in the end, it's their game, and they can do with it what they want, really. So, and play, I, I'm clearly I'm I'm okay with playing for cosmetics, as I have a bunch of well mounts and you know Overwatch skins that I definitely didn't just get via loot crate. <laughs> really? Well, I got them via loot crate, but not via loot crate that I earned in game. Hmm. Um, I'm okay throwing my money at cosmetics every once in a while. Uh, the minute they get into the power thing, then I'm. That's going to be no for me, dog. I want to yeah. say that they'll be smarter than that. But we'll see. And who knows? Maybe there will be a lot of backlash if they do do the power thing and they back off on it like they did with the real money auction house in Diablo 3. Yeah, like it, it does look like it'll be cu- character agency customization stuff that that will have that. So we'll see. We'll see what I, we're a long way from worrying about Diablo Four. Uh, we'll have Diablo Immortal for at least a year or two before we see this. I think, but we'll see. Yep. Anyway, we we had Diablo Four and Diablo Immortal separated into separate topics, but we kind of talked about both of them, so we we're did. just going to move on. Yeah, uh, we're going to move on to some stuff that's happening. Well, so this next topic is still BlizzCon related, but it came out after BlizzCon. So Gary. Uh, uh, the uh, ma- one of the managers for Method uh, put out a statement regarding uh, the WoW esports prize pool fiasco, as she called it, and BlizzCon 2019. Now, it was in a tweet longer, so I'm not going to go over the entire thing, but, but uh, 
the long and short of it is that um, there was a uh, there was an effort by Blizzard to raise money for the prize pool via those toys that we had talked about many months ago at this point, and twenty five percent of those sales would 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 have been used to supplement the prize pool for MDI and the Arena World Championships, mm-hmm. split being twelve point five percent per esport. Now they raised um, two point six million dollars, and suffice it to say that was not all translated to the prize pool. Uh, so the agreement was that Blizzard would take would would uh, fund five hundred thousand dollars. Uh, combined between Arena World Championships and MDI, split that between the two the two events, and then the twenty five percent from the total sales would be split between the two events. And yeah, believe, so, uh, yeah. So ba- basically, the the original statement was that uh, the base pool would be a half million dollars, and yeah. then it would be supplemented by the toy sales, um, and that changed. Yeah, a little bit. Um. Because they, they they did not have that large of a prize pool, I think the way it worked out, it doesn't say here how what the prize pools ended up being, but suffice to say that it was not the amount that people were expecting it to be, and that was just one of the problems that WoW esports or some of the esports in general encountered during BlizzCon this year. Uh, yeah, so but but what I read, uh, basically they pulled back the half million dollars they were putting in, and it was just what was raised from the toys. And, there, and there's no reason that it was communicated to them why this was done. There's been speculation as to why that's been done, because I believe with these with the combined with with these sales and all that, some of the price pools would have been bigger than. Um, Hearthstone and some of their other games or at least, you know, knocking on the door and they didn't want those to be overshadowed. But again, that's just speculation. Um, there's no confirmation on that. But that it's not a good look combined with the other problems that they had in the weeks leading up to BlizzCon. Um, for example, apparently the practice facilities were severely lacking. Uh, they were yeah. only provided for a day, which, like, is not enough, especially when you consider previously, like they'd be competing for. Like, I remember seeing the schedules ahead of time, like the previous BlizzCon schedules, where there were competitions happening, you know, a week before BlizzCon, where they yeah. where they were there and it was t- and it was broadcasted. Yeah, like last which time was I another went... problem because some of these events weren't broadcasted. Which but takes yeah, away the, the ben- yeah that takes like the lack of a broadcast takes away the benefit to the players of getting their sponsors' names on on streams and broadcasts. Yeah. Um, when I was there at BlizzCon last, there was broadcast going on the day I arrived, and that was not the first day. Like they were going on from the weekend before, and now they had like two days of broadcast before the con. Um, actually, no, a day of broadcast before the con, because the only broadcasts were on the 31st, the 1st, and the 2nd for BlizzCon. 
Um, so esports players lost a lot, and and not just in the prize money. And top it off, the practice facility was not up to par. The chairs were apparently very uncomfortable. Um, there were minimal like refreshments and snacks provided. And meal options were sometimes non-existent for those with special diets, which is is not a good look. Also, time-based breakfast coupons, which is a confusing con- like I, I mean, I understand the concept of it, but it's confusing that these would be given out, especially because you know they'd be per- they they reasonably be so some of them might be competing during those time frames and it sounds like some of that was not considered because some people apparently some teams just missed their meal entirely because they were they couldn't show up at the scheduled window and that was like one meal a day that was provided um and often play, teams would have to try and find a, a PC cafe to compete on because they had no practice time uh practice time they were provided with was done in such a way that everybody could watch them. So there was no privacy, no um, no seclusion in, in practice, so all your competitors can see what you're doing. Um, which is thoroughly unhelpful when you're trying to compete in a sport. Yep. Um, I will say, from, the, from, from my perspective, I, I appreciate this, perspe- this, this perspective that Dairy provided, because... A lot of this, I feel, was done under the table and, and out, out, out of view. Um, I didn't see a lot of esports people making any comments on this. Again, I don't follow very many, so that's not a super surprising thing. But I, I'm glad to see this this perspective and get this insight on what happened and what the problems were, because only by calling Blizzard on this and, and telling Blizzard that, that, that we're not happy with it can we see any impact them on how this all went um yeah i i really feel like this is is a strong indicator that um esports that isn't to do with overwatch is is not doing well in the blizzard corporation um i don't know how other esports have done but we we know what happened after uh after blizzcon last year um, so we already know one esport that isn't to do with Overwatch and the Overwatch League is suffering, um, and I think StarCraft has enough support in Asia that they're not going to have a problem there. They have enough income from that to support that one, um, but I, I I do worry about stuff like Hearthstone, uh, Hearthstone and WoW for an esports side of things. Um, yeah, one thing that especially has me concerned with with the WoW thing specifically is like they sold those toys on the premise that it would help boost the prize pool, and obviously at the end of the day, like it was it was not it, it did not well I guess it technically it boosted the prize pool because it definitely increased it from the zero that Blizzard contributed to. Um, or apparently contributed. Like, I, I don't know the breakdown exactly, but um, I I have to agree with Derry that uh, the 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 WoW community will likely never buy another one of these toys. Um, oh, exactly. Without a lot of convincing. Yeah, that that, that was that was that was the point I was that I was struggling to get to. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
yeah, it sucks because I like doing stuff like that when the opportunity when the opportunity presents itself. I mean, watching those esports isn't necessarily my thing, but you know, it's it's somebody else's thing, and clearly it's got a large following because you know we've got two different esports for WoW now, and I never thought that would happen. So. I mean, they they have their audiences, and they they're clearly very passionate about it. Sucks that this happened. Yeah, hopefully Blizzard will address this um, and explain why this changed. Uh, I've I've gone back and I've looked at the announcements that was ma- that were made, um, quoted in in stories on stuff like Blizzard Watch and and I'm a Champion, and it was very clear that Blizzard was going to do the $500,000 prize pool and the toys would be boosting the prize pool from there. Um, And I'm confident there are people who bought those toys who are very disappointed that to find out that Blizzard used that as a... used their support of esports to basically nullify their own contribution to, to the prize pool. Um... I, if I had bought one this past year, I wouldn't buy one again. Um, and I don't, I don't think that a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people will. And there's no reason for them to do so. But I mean, in the end, Blizzard controls this, and it, it, if they basically say it, without that, there's no WoW esports at Blizzard at BlizzCon. Um. I mean, I guess people would probably then try and support as best they could, uh, but they would be burning a lot of bridges with their player base, I think. And you know, the funny thing is, is I, I, at work today, I was doing a, a re-listen uh, of some old podcasts that I that I uh, listened to previously, and one of them was somebody on this show talking about uh, these toys specifically um, on, on their podcast back then. It was hilarious, actually. Well, we know that wasn't me, because I don't have my own podcast. Yeah. I just guessed on a lot of people's shows. You do. You do a lot of guesting. I can't remember talking about it, but that was... Uh, it was I more about... The, so. There are these things you're, you're uh, talking about, your glee at, at the uh, the Transmorpher toy. Um, the Transmorpher toy is pretty awesome. And, but the, and the hearing all the great towards. But the Transmorpher toy wasn't towards the... Uh, wasn't it? Prize pool. Yeah. Oh, it was. Was it? Yeah, I'm looking at the post so right now. I for thought a lim- it was just the Horde and Alliance uh, yeah. firework thing. So, for a limited time, every purchase of the Transmorpher Beacon or Alliance Pride and Horde's Might Fireworks, 25% uh, of the proceeds will contribute toward the year's final LAN event prize pool. Well, the Transmorpher toy is still pretty awesome, so... Yeah, Stone's, Stone's got a point there. Like, there's probably a legal loophole there, because if they did, if, if there's not, then it's fraud, and that's bad. But abusing a legal loophole is not a good showing either. Well, especially since they didn't announce this change until, like, right before. Um, like, it was a day or two before the media day they did on, yeah, on like, the Tuesday. Like, looking at the, at the post, um, <laughs> they, they, get, they had a guaranteed minimum price pool of $500,000. So, two hundred fifty grand per, for each event. So, like, it should have been... a. I get that it was obviously at least that much, but I, I, in my mind, it should, it should have been 
250,000 per event plus the 25% of the proceeds. That's my view of it anyway. But you know, clearly clearly the uh there was something else there. I just hope that's not that way in the future. We can only hope. Um, but I, I'm glad to see this getting some traction in, in regular media, um, not just the, the Blizzard fan sites, because uh, there's definitely needs to be something that gets out there and uh, is, yep. is something that they're called to account for. All right. Well, I think... Let's, let's stop talking about BlizzCon-related stuff. We talked about BlizzCon-related stuff for the past three, oh, like two weeks, and then this week, that's three weeks worth of stuff. Let's talk about what's happening now in WoW. We did get some news about some catch-up gear we're going to be having. Not tons of infos, so this will go pretty quick. But in 8.3, we're going to be getting some buy-on-account gear. It's going to be level 400. And it's, again, buy-on-account, so you can use it for your alts. You can send it to other alts. It's all good. And this will be dropping off of random mobs during the Aldum and Veil of Eternal Blossoms invasions. And it will be pretty nifty. It's kind of similar to the Thomas Isle bond account stuff. And it won't have the bonus affixes like we're seeing in the Bethan gear either. It's just simple, straightforward gear. The names are really cool, though. So I'm going to read the names really quick for this, at least the set names. So for cloth, we have the Vile Manipulator set. For leather... We have the Insatiable Maw set. For male, we have the Nefarious Tormentor set. And for plate, we have Malignant Leviathan set. So very, you know, Black Empire, Old God-related things, which is awesome, and I'm excited about it. But, you know, I think it's pretty smart that they're, you know, giving us this catch-up mechanic for alts and everything, especially towards the end of the expansion, because that's kind of when everyone starts working on that kind of stuff, so... I'm excited. I'm trying to view the models in 3D for the plate, and it's not working on Wowhead. Come on. I don't think they have the models yet. At least I'm not seeing them. At least not in this particular article. Uh, I guess that makes sense. They usually put that there. I want to know what it looks like. I know. I'm I, I'm dying to know what it looks like. So they're like malignant leviathans. Just... Apparently, they're going to be kind of similar to the... Yeah, the raids... Like LFR versions of it. So, oh, okay. But yeah, there you go. Sweet and simple. Cool. But it's more gear related stuff, right, Madras? Uh, that is correct. Um, so, they did uh, clarify a few things about the corrupted gear coming in 8.3. Um, and uh, one of the things they, they did no- note is that uh, there will be no corruption on crafted gear. Um, and I mean, I'm fine with that because I probably would never made it anyway. Um, but that's I mean that's definitely very interesting. Um, basically, uh, what what uh, was said here uh, in this Wowhead article is that um, the latest build basically removed corruption from all all the crafting gear they could find, um, and basically both positive effects and the corruption stat have been removed from all from the crafting gear they that they had. The gear still existed; it just wasn't corrupted. Um, I'm I'm good with that, but I, I know that there are people who would have probably preferred to have that still an option. Um, just keep the crafted gear on par with what is being dropped in in, in instances. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm still a bit confused on how the corruption system is going to work. Yeah, I, I've but read a little bit. I've read a little bit. Read anything about it yet? So I have mixed emotions about it. I really like old god related things. I like the idea of you know corruption and twisted things and whatever. But to actually see this in practice and to experience it, mixed emotions. So we'll see. It will indeed. All right, so. I think I'm going to talk about our second sponsor, if that's right with you guys. Do it. <clears throat> okay, so our second sponsor, as usual, are the great folks over at Audible. You can get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash books 2019 That's bit.ly slash books 2019 Now over 200,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today we're going to look at a collection of, of quote, weird tales from Robert E. Howard's Conan the Sumerian Barbarian. Let's have a listen. Torches flared murkily on the revels in the mall, where the thieves of the East held carnival by night. In the mall they could carouse and roar as they liked, for the honest people shunned the quarters, and watchmen well paid with stained coins did not interfere with their sport. Along the crooked unpaved streets with their heaps of refuse and sloppy puddles, drunken roisterers staggered roaring. Steel glinted in the shadows where wolf preyed on wolf, and from the darkness rose the shrill laughter of women and the sound of scufflings and strugglings. Torchlight licked luridly from broken windows and wide-thrown doors, and out of those doors stale smells of wine and rank sweaty bodies, clamor of drinking jacks and fists hammered on rough tables, snatches of obscene songs rushed like a blow in the face. In one of these dens merriment thundered to the low smoke-stained roof, where rascals gathered in every stage of rags and tatters. Furtive cut-purses, leering kidnappers, quick-fingered thieves, swaggering bravos with their wenches, strident-voiced women clad in tawdry finery. Native rogues were the dominant element, dark-skinned, dark-eyed Zamorians, with daggers at their girdles and guile in their hearts. But there were wolves of half a dozen outland nations there as well. There was a giant Hyperborean renegade, Taciturn, dangerous, with a broadsword strapped to his great gaunt frame, for men wore steel openly in the mall. So once again, that was Robert E. Howard's Conan the Sumerian Barbarian, The Complete Weird Tales Omnibus, written by Robert E. Howard and Finn J.D. John, narrated by Finn J.D. John. If you like that title, you can check out over, oh, it was updated, 300,000 titles over at bit.ly slash books 2019 and we thank Audible for their support of the show. Also, I would like to give a shout out to the Yulo13 on Twitter for the, this recommendation. This was a really cool preview. I'm probably going to use my credit on this one because it sounds, sounds entertaining. And if anybody else has any audible recommendations in the future, just, just feel free to add me. This is the one time I'm going to tell people to add me. <laughs> as long as it's appropriate for the show, I'll probably use it. Awesome. All right, so... Our question of the week for last week was, what dearly departed characters are you hoping to encounter in the Shadowlands? Frasley says, I'm hoping we maybe see Kindy again. Surprise, surprise, Frasley wants to see a gnome. Uh, Zephyrias says, Tyrion Forgering. And Rosenstern says, Mancrick's wife. <laughs> uh, Aaron Cooper says, Zuni, Bradenbrad, and Oros. Uh, Rocketite Herald says, I wonder if we will see Greymane's son. Uh, wow Huntress says, Kennedy Sparkshine. 
Serendipity says Varian Rin with his wife Tiffin, Anduin Lothar, Uther the Lightbringer, Sarfang, Duratan, and Draka. That's who they meant. And Medivh. Uh, so many great people. Emma Heel says Ysera. Jennifer says, hmm, probably Malagos. My poor baby didn't deserve his death. Zandara says, if we see Runus, I'm going to have emotions. That's that, like, decrepit nightfallen dude we meet in Azuna. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. And then Arlena says, Tivin Rin. Uh, there's just so many great choices. I'm so excited to see what Blizzard does with all this. Yeah. So our next week's question... Um, oh, hold on. I actually have something that we came... I actually tweeted it out to myself instead of as every... Instead of... Um, to, to on the Twitter account for ATA. So I actually have a couple other ones that weren't included here. Oh. Um, and I forgot to add them in. So uh, Tyler Olson says both Gul'dans. And Nick says so many of them. Orcus, Bradenbrad, Zakan's dad, Gul'dan, Alternate Universe Gul'dan, Garrosh, Grom, and many, many more. I didn't even think about Zakan's dad. Oh, we, we can see a Zappy Boy and Zappy Man reunion. <laughs> Are you saying the Zappy Boy is not a man at this point? Well, we call him Zappy Boy. His dad would be Zappy Man. Okay. It's just a nickname. It's not an indication of his current character. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so, please do continue with the next question of the week, though. Our next question of the week is, if you choose to level a new character in Shadowlands, which expansion will you choose and why? And if you listen to Dungeon Fables, that might sound familiar, because I already put that out. But it's a great question, so we're going to do it here, too. Yep. Because it wasn't a Friday question, it was more like a Friday question. Yeah, yeah, I got called into work three hours early on Friday. That threw off my groove for the entire rest of the day. And so I woke up Saturday, I was like, well, bad words. I didn't put the question out. It's fine. It got out there. I, I, I love the censoring there. Well, bad words. <laughs> I can see like in parentheses and everything. Like, <laughs> well, bad words. I'm keeping it clean, man. Keeping it clean. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, for me, I would say mists. Wrath. I'm. Go- I'm also gonna do mists. I'm actually excited to do mists, but wrath is definitely gonna be the first one. I, I was torn between Wrath and Mists. Because Wrath is like where I started. But I started the, in BC. But the story in Mists was... Like people... people, And I always say this. People ride on Mists hard. And I think... I think that was the consequence of Siege taking a year. Because it was... It was like, I love that expansion. It was such a good expansion. I, I enjoyed that expansion. But I, I, I also like pandas, so... Part of it for me with Mists is I quit the game during Kata. It was kind of towards the end. My great group fell apart. I was really burned out of the grind because it was like a harder hardcore raiding group. And I also had no money, so I couldn't justify paying for the game at that time. It was just a good time to take a break. So I didn't come back until about midway through Pandaria. And so I kind of rushed through a lot of that just to 
you know, get back up to level and everything. So I'm excited to actually go through it and really soak in the story. But I'm still doing Wrath first. Um, all right, time for shoutouts. I am going to do very, one very quick shoutout because I said I wasn't going to do one, but I'm going to do one anyway. Uh, Shout-out to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who are going to the Grey Cup this Saturday, or this Sunday. For those of you confused, that is a Canadian football league team. The Grey Cup is our way better-looking football championship trophy. <laughs> it is better-looking, yeah. I mean, yeah, the NFL, the Super Bowl, you know, it's got its own thing, but just compare the two. Like, think... Whatever you think of Canadian Football League in general, on Canadian football, that trophy just looks better. <laughs> you may have to post a picture of it. Oh well, I'll uh, I'll I'll find one later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about, uh, how about you there, Toasty? Gonna give a shout out to Wookie BH because apparently he was having a lot of fun on November sixteenth. He went on a bit of a t- <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> he went on a bit of a tweeting thing. <laughs> Yeah, apparently my shoe was great. Oh, I loved it so much. It made me so happy. Great, G-R-A-T-E. <laughs> Your shoe is great, Medros. Um, glad to hear it. I hope it didn't take too long to grade it into whatever, I guess. Oh, Nick, I love you. <laughs> I'm also going to give a shout out to bringing hockey back. I tweeted out a picture of some of the custom jerseys I had made, and they turned out fantastically. I now have a Rain City Pigeons jersey. Yeah. And it, and it looks it looks so good. <laughs> it was also a fantastic jersey to be at, to, to get me to 60. Gosh. 60 jerseys. Fantastic. Oh, I don't even want to know the dollar value that you spent on jerseys, man. I don't even want to know. No, you probably don't. I, I, I somebody asked me to value them, assuming like I paid full price for them. That was not a fun conversion. <laughs> Thankfully, I, I did not pay full price for all of them. I, I'm going to guess that number was probably in the six digits. The, um actual paid value was probably in the five digits. No, I mean, it was nowhere near six digits, thankfully. Okay. High but, five digits? Uh, low fives. Okay. Low fives. So are... You haven't spent as much as I worried. Because I, I was figuring your number would be somewhere around the cost of two BlizzCons for me. Yeah. With, was, with the wife. It, assuming I paid full price for each jersey, it would be low fives. Actual, actual spending, like I... Like full price for jerseys around three hundred dollars. Um, most of my used ones, I didn't spend more than sixty bucks on. Okay, so it's significantly less. Thankfully, that's good. Anyway, Ellie, <laughs> we should shout out. I also have two. I want to do a shout out to the folks over at Half Hill Report because they hit episode one hundred, which is awesome, and they actually had. Myself and Frasley and Roe and many other great people on, and we got to celebrate with them was as our characters who've been on the show and stuff, which was a lot of fun. So shout out to them, and also shout out to the folks over at Dark Moon Herald because they actually recorded their last episode this past Sunday, yesterday, at the time of this recording. So sad oh, to see awesome go. show that's come to an end. Yep. Yep. I see him go, but you know it, it. 
sometimes you just gotta take a step back and take care of life and do what you gotta do and that's what they're doing so yeah. uh, you know I, they'll be missed yeah, they're doing it for a very good reason though and I can't fault them for that yeah, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Alright. Uh, guess on that note, it is time for our outro. If you'd like to reach us by voicemail, call 1-785-ATA-WOW-5 or 1-785-282-9695. You can send emails to show at allthingsazeroth.com. If you like what we do here, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash allthingsaz. Join our Battle.net group at bit.ly slash bnetata and our Discord at bit.ly slash ATA Discord, which is where we record every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central. You can find us on Twitter at AllThingsAZ, at Medros, at Fandeth, at ToastyPostyCan, at Aliandris K, and at Dawnforge. And please check out the other shows from Dawnforge Productions, including Group Quest, Shattered Soulstone, More Than Megapixels, and Across the Hooniverse. And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care, happy hunting, and we'll see you on the other side of another week in WoW. Another week where I miss BlizzCon. This podcast brought to you by Dawnforge Productions. Copyright 2019. Get more at thedawnforge.com.